Hey guys, hope you're doing well. Got a very special episode coming up for you. We are going to be discussing one of the hottest topics in all of sports right now. And of course, I'm talking about the NFL and the National Anthem protest. Won't want to miss this discussion. Drop the beat real quick and we can get started. Hey guys, welcome back, welcome back. Again, you're listening to the Mind of Mike J podcast, and I have a very excited to be doing this and to be having this discussion. It's one I've been wanting to do for a long time. I actually have a very special guest with me today. Uh, his name is Dave Sussman. You can check out his content on whiskeypolitics.net. I actually found out uh, found his stuff through a mutual friend of ours on ricochet.com. It's very good stuff. You should def- definitely check it out. But... Without further ado, Dave, I really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me. Oh, no. Pleasure's all mine. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and get right to it here. Uh, like I said, uh, Larry put me on to your content, and um, I absolutely I thought it was very well written, the article that you had up on Ricochet, and um, that's what really felt like we could have a really good dis- – that's what led me to believe we could have a really good discussion about this overall – but um, just to get started, um, why don't you t- let the audience know exactly what it is that you do, and uh, you can go ahead. I'll let you kind of start off with your stance on the anthem protest in general. Sure. Uh, well, the, the, the article that you're talking about, um, I'm a contributor over at ricochet.com, which uh, your guests should check out. It's a, a, a section there that uh, is open to the public, and you can read some fantastic uh, articles from folks. Uh, many of them are libertarian-leaning, right-of-center-leaning, Republicans, social conservatives, fiscal conservatives, uh, and even a few progressives. Um, and uh, so I'm, I'm very uh, honored to be a contributor for Ricochet.com. And the article that you're talking about was focused on uh, the cultural divide uh, that we have today. And, um, you know, the... NFL and the protests that uh, we're starting to see or have been seeing started really with uh, Colin Kaepernick last year have mushroomed into, um, uh, you know, a major uh, issue for not only uh, football fans like myself and just uh, so that, you know, I'm a big Pittsburgh Steelers fan, uh, but also as a, as a cultural d- uh, discussion for us, whether you're on the right or the left and, um, you know, the, the, the whole goal uh, for the article was really to focus on trying to not only discuss the issue uh, with perspective, but to wonder whether or not politics are, uh, are just intervening into too much of our lives. That, you know, Sundays, quite frankly, I want to decompress. I want to sit down with my sons. I want to watch a ball game. I don't want to be hit over the head with a sledgehammer by the left or the right. Uh, I want to enjoy football. I want to enjoy a game. And there's not too many places anymore in in culture and society that we can get away from the political divide, which has just permeated our times. Yeah, I I absolutely agree. Football is, and sports in general traditionally are a place where, you know, whether you're left-leaning, right-leaning, somewhere in the middle, not really sure, black, white, Cuban, Asian, red or green, you know, you can come together and we can all you know, get together and have a good time. And that's what it's supposed to be. And no, I'm, and I completely agree with you. Unfortunately, it has gotten to the point where, you know, we it, it does feel like a line has been drawn and we have to kind of um, jump the, we kind of have to pick which side we're on and which side of that conversation you lean towards kind of dictates how people uh, tend to approach you. You I mean, you see it with, um, you see it with dating. You see it with with sports. You you do see it everywhere. I'm I'm completely with you. Uh, so and you can correct me if I'm wrong. So you're of the mindset that it's that you're not necessarily you're not necessarily against what they're protesting or against their rights. It's more just about this isn't the place and time. Is that is that kind of correct of where you stand? I, I think regardless of the substance of the protest, and I've got issues with the protest. Uh, and I can discuss that with you. But I, I, I think regardless of the substance of the protest, um, these issues that are being raised 
during the few moments that we're all on the same team, okay, we're all Americans. We fight for the flag, we support the flag, we support for the right for free speech that falls under the Constitution, uh, the rights that we are given, whether you're black, brown, green, or, or pink, it doesn't make a difference. You are an American, and we are all together, and we all stand together to support those rights. You know, if, if you've got an issue, if, you, if, if, you, if you're taking an issue out of football, okay, outside mm-hmm. of the game that has nothing to do with football, and you are injecting it into the game, and it is a divisive issue. You can't you can't ignore the fact that a lot of what uh, Black Lives Matter or some of the other social justice worries raised as far as the issues of police brutality and crime are arguable. There's a lot of reports that have come out over the years. In fact, uh, Harvard, which I think most people would consider, you know, certainly not a right of center um, institution. Okay, mm-hmm. um, you know, they had a study that came out last year that uh, that showed that there is no evidence that blacks are more likely than whites to be shot by cops, and it is a very well respected study. It's not political, so we can have that discussion. But mm-hmm. why, when I'm sitting down with a beer and popcorn in my hand on uh, after a long week? ready to watch the Steelers beat up on whoever they're going to beat up on, okay, mm-hmm. uh, that you're going to be hitting me over the head with a sledgehammer on this. We are all Americans. None of us, uh, uh, you know, want to, 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 to be dealing uh, or try to be persuaded to believe that something that many of us believe just isn't true. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there's a time and a place for that. Is there a discussion to be had? Absolutely. Uh, people should write articles. People should have discussions. They should go on news programs and radio shows and podcasts like your own. And we can have that discussion. But I don't want to be hit over the head with it as I'm sitting down to, to enjoy my entertainment as, 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 a, as a Steelers fan or an NBA fan or a baseball fan or right before a movie comes on. Mm-hmm. Uh, there should be, a, you know, for lack of a better term, there should be a safe space. <laughs> right. If that makes sense. No, no, I completely understand what you're saying. Um, now, where I would, and this is the question I pose to everybody that takes this, and which that's that may, it makes perfect sense what you're saying. Where, where, what I would ask is, when would be an appropriate time? Because, and the reason why I say that is because when you're dealing with, again, right now, the, now what I don't like right now is the the protest the when you see a guy kneeling now now that you know Donald Trump has kind of inserted himself into it and you know we got the owners you know some people taking harder stances than others and then you know one guy saying well I'm you know I'm just I'm just here to support my brother or whoever it is now what you're seeing is a guy when a guy takes a knee now you don't really know what he's doing it for at this point you don't know if it's against Trump or if he's just trying to look good for his for his teammates or what but the original the original stance that Colin Kaepernick took was specifically about police brutality. It, and, you know, he made it very clear, in my opinion, that it wasn't about the anthem or anything else. As a matter of fact, he was sitting down and it wasn't until a Green Beret, Nate Boyer, you know, reached out to him and said, you know, I think you should take a knee. That That would be a good middle ground. And instead of so he takes a military service member's suggestion, but then it becomes a, a, um, and now it becomes in a, people took it as an attack on the military. And even, and Nate's came out in the public and said, you know, this, it's not like he's been hiding. He's been saying, this is where I stand. And for some reason, still looked at as an anti-military thing. So anyway, um, basically what I want to want to ask is when, when and where and how, like, what is the correct way to protest that doesn't rub anyone the wrong way? Because as it stands from what I see, it just doesn't appear that there is one. Well, the, the, the problem is, and it goes back to what you were just saying, and it's a very good question. The problem is the environment in which this is raised. And, and who is going to raise that? Listen, whatever you think of Colin Kaepernick, okay, he's a middling quarterback, right? He's, he's, he's not a great quarterback. Uh, for some reason, he feels that he deserves millions of dollars a year. Uh, just because he's ranked 16th uh, at one time at the height of his career uh, in the NFL. People are, should be based upon meritocracy. They shouldn't be based upon the fact that because I'm white or I'm black or I'm Jewish or I'm Christian that I should have a position somewhere. 
So, so take that out of the equation. Colin Kaepernick stood up and he supports Black Lives Matter. He wears socks with pictures of pigs with police uh, hats on. Black Lives Matter is an organization, uh, and I've met with some of these folks at different political conventions that I've attended, that chanted, pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon. Mm-hmm. Five police officers were shot in Dallas, Texas. Mm-hmm. and killed, okay? And Colin Kaepernick, who is a millionaire, he doesn't represent you or me. He represents himself. He stands up with an audience of millions of viewers wearing those socks, wearing a Shea, uh, a Shea T-shirt. He supports uh, Cuba and socialism. Uh, and, and, and he decides that he is going to take a knee before the flag, not to stand, and support the flag, which represents allowing him to have a voice. I get that, and I get the dichotomy there, and it is somewhat a contradiction. Listen, my, my oldest son is a sports uh, podcaster as well. It's just graduating high school, okay? Mm-hmm. We've had disagreements on this, and he said, look, he's got legitimate issues, and the First Amendment allows him to stand up and say what he wants to say. I get that. Mm-hmm. I get that. But the fact of the matter is, is that, number one, folks who, who, who support this, Maybe you should find a different ambassador, number one. Colin Kaepernick isn't exactly somebody that's going to bring people together, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, Muhammad Ali, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, whatever you thought about his protest against Vietnam, the man was the best. He was, being, he was the best in his game at the time, maybe the, uh, of all time. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't argue with the fact that he stood up there and, and he made his stand from a place of strength. Kaepernick is a middling quarterback. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So, so find another ambassador. And number two, are, are you suggesting to me that Black Lives Matter, who suggests pigs in a blanket fry them like bacon, are going to bring people together on this issue? No, no. So, so I'm sitting there. I'm sitting on a couch, as millions and millions of Americans are doing in blue states and red states all across the country, and we're being hit, hit over the head with a sledgehammer by this guy that has, in, in my mind, zero credibility. Okay. I, I understand that. So, so to answer, so, I'm sorry, long, long answer really? for you. To answer your question, where should that take place? It, it, we, we should have forums like this. We should have discussions like this. We should, uh, we, we, you know, maybe there should be um, uh, open discussions at college campuses where they bring in both sides of the debate. Uh, they should be television programs, roundtables where we could sit down, interviews like you're having with me, where we can hash it out, we could discuss it. But when I've paid $600 for a couple of NFL tickets and I'm sitting in the stand, and my, I know that my money is going to people that are, are taking a political stand that I disagree with, why should I be hit over the head with that? Right, I, I understand that. Um, and the, the, I think the, the, the conflict comes from... Well, one, kneeling during the, the anthem is one portion of, the anthem is one portion of the broadcast. I mean, I'm, quite frankly, I feel like if it's something that, it really shouldn't even be a part of, it's, I, I honestly think, I didn't see a problem with it before, but now that we are where we are, I would suggest maybe we just take it out. See, the problem is the NFL is taking money from the has been taking money from the Department of Defense. That's the whole reason why they do all these patriotic demonstrations in the first place is because the um, the Department of Defense has taken our tax money and given it to the NFL to even do this stuff in the first place. Um, but I mean, is it could? And I'm just throwing out a suggestion. Could you not possibly just if you're at the game, maybe just possibly not maybe just or maybe if, if you're watching it when you're at the game you kind of can't really run from it but if you're if you're watching the game maybe just not tune into that particular part and then because i mean you got another 60 minutes of football where there's absolutely none of that going on it's just one portion of the game it, it just seems a little it just seems a little bit odd that you see that one part right before the anthem and and you can't watch any nfl now well, and you're and you're right. And, and again, going back to forget about the the substance of the protest for a minute. Okay? okay, take the social justice issue out of it that's being raised. Again, as I said, for the few moments that we're on on both sides, we're we're all on the same team here. Okay, we're all Americans. 
The fact is, is that ratings are collapsing. Ad revenue is dropping. You know, Roger Goodell's legacy will be presiding over what I call the ESPNification of American favorite autumn pastime. Okay, mm-hmm. ESPNification. ESPN has, has taken a very uh, activist, social justice uh, push on, on, in their programming. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, what's her name was just uh, just suspended for two weeks because she's hitting, you know, she's, she's striking out at Trump on, on, on air or on her tweets. Okay? Yes. When I turn on sports, I want to be entertained. That's what ESPN stands for, Entertainment Sports Network. I don't want to be hit over the head with it. So, so, so the, the question then comes back to, okay, uh, you know, I, I think you have an issue where Americans, I don't care what political stripe you are on. I don't care what race you're on. I don't care what you think about social justice issues like this. I think all Americans can agree that, you know what, let's keep the politics out of what it, many people consider, it used to be baseball, many people consider bas- uh, 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 football the national pastime. You know, and I just want to—I just want to mention this because, you know, I don't think football is ever going to be the same here. You know, uh, people are realizing that there's a whole lot of other Sunday options rather than just sitting on the couch. Mm-hmm. Um, the NBA, which I love basketball, I'm a big Laker fan. Okay, unfortunately, in the past few years, but the NBA and Kobe Bryant came out and said he'd take a knee. Right? Yes. The NBA is about culture. I mean, take a look at where the NBA is most popular. It's an urban fan base certainly votes for the left mm-hmm. and we accept that and in re- and, and return we see how the culture is impacted you know the shoes movies uh music it's and, and 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 race plays a really big part in basketball that's nothing new I, I don't know if you remember 20 years ago i don't know how old you are it was a great movie it came out with wesley snipes and, and woody harrelson white man can't jump oh great yeah i love that movie, movie about a great sport right yes it tackled those issues race plays a big part in the culture of the nba Baseball, different, primarily suburban. It's slower paced, steeped in tradition. Watch the Chicago fans behind home plate tonight when the Dodgers sweep them. They're mostly white. They're upper class, suburban, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. The NFL is different, Mike. It, it covers both rural, it covers urban. It brings together both red states, blue states. It's, it's, it's steeped in patriotism. Whether it's because of what you said, where the Department of Defense advertises, no. We see large American flags. We see the Blue Angels fly over stadiums. For many, the game itself represents the field of battle. It's like taking your team into the opponent's end zone. It it, it really is a battle. And for many people, it it, it reminds them, of if they're veterans, of of, of being in in that type of environment. So Mm. Roger Goodell's got a major problem here. You know, Jimmy Kimmel can write off half his audience. The NFL can't lose red or blue states. And, and, and I don't know what they're going to do here. <laughs> I really don't, because they're in big trouble. They, they they definitely have something. I mean, I know they they had a meeting. Uh, I think it, I believe it was Tuesday. I believe it was yesterday. Uh, they had a meeting to talk about exactly what you just mentioned, which is, hey, we have a lot of people that are upset about this. You know, we need to figure out and... From from everything I was reading, it was just a big fat waste of time. They they were they were in there for four hours and basically came out with the exact same. No rule changes were implemented. It pretty much just came back to you know it's pretty much up to the players' discretion. Um, I think at a certain point, I think see that and this is and Grant, you're you're I know you're a little bit older than I am, uh, so you probably could speak from more from personal experience. But I look back at when we're dealing with issues regarding civil rights uh because that's because that's originally the media and everyone that a lot of people that you know just didn't want to deal with the issue allowed it to become a conversation about the anthem and the flag or whatnot but the original point of the protest was police brutality and talking about civil liberties and civil rights and when we deal with civil rights movement every civil rights movement from decade from you know the 50s and the 60s and 70s it's not comfortable it's not something that is convenient for for people montgomery bus boycott people had to walk people had to catch rides and then when people stopped taking the buses and it started affecting people's money now it becomes okay we have to do something um you look at the sit-ins you know you had to sit down and let people throw stuff at you and call you names and beat you over the head and sit at a counter but 
we have to do this because if we don't, that's the only way that change is going to occur. So I bring that up because that's how I view this anthem protest. It's not good for business. It's not good for, you know, it's it's not comfortable. Maybe you will lose some fans or whatnot. But as a, I mean, I, it, I just don't see how else, I just don't see a, how else we have the conversation. If, if we just call it all off and everybody starts standing for the anthem again, the conversation never gets had and nothing changes. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, it goes back to what you were just saying. And I, I don't know what Goodell could do because he's going to piss off half of his audience if he tells everybody to stand. And if he, and, 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 and you know, the, the, the people that support, you know, kneeling and having their freedom of speech are going to turn it off. And if he says, well, people can do what they want, he's going to continue losing market share. It's a no-win situation. But the fact is, and this goes back to what you were just saying here, and this is really important, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and this goes back to the, the greater discussion that Colin Kaepernick has raised. And I believe, listen, I'm white, okay? Mm-hmm. Society says that I shouldn't even have an opinion on this. All right, but I'm also politically incorrect, so I'm going to call it like I see it. The notion that, that, that blacks are at risk from police, it may fit nicely with liberal myths about law enforcement, and it fits nicely with, with, with Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, is that the, the left that support this refuse to admit that America of 2017 or 2016, when Kaepernick started it, is a much different country than the place that existed 50 years ago when Jim Crow laws were be- still being erased from the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. So it's a lie, and I have to say this, it is a lie that Black Lives Matter uses to keep itself going. It is a destructive agenda. And who it's destructive to mostly are African Americans living in the inner city because it's led to anti-police violence, it's caused law enforcement to back down in many black neighborhoods, and the political correctness of not going in and stopping uh, civil uprisings or, or riots like you see in Ferguson or Baltimore has led to death. And nobody wants to talk about black-on-black crime within the inner city, such as Baltimore or Chicago, where there were just as many people killed in one weekend or shot in one weekend as there were in Las Vegas. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's the discussion that needs to take place. Now, I am not an ambassador for the black community. I've got African-American friends. We talk about this. They're left of center. They're right of center. And we have these heartfelt discussions. But it it needs to come up from leaders within the African-American community, inner city, to discuss these issues. Because Black Lives Matter would not exist without these issues existing. And it goes back to what I said to you before. 2016, Harvard University study shows that there is zero evidence that blacks are more likely than whites to be shot by cops. Nobody wants to talk about that because that takes away all of this uh, energy, this negative energy that propels Black Lives Matter and leads to what we see in the NFL. Okay, yeah, I mean, now there, I haven't looked up that Harvard study. I've, to be, to be honest, I've seen I've seen studies saying, supporting what you're saying, or what the Harvard Review said. I've seen others that say the opposite. Now, what, regardless of the, regardless of, of the fact, regardless of that. Look at the, the sources, Mike, and I, and I ask your audience, when you, when you Google these studies, look at the sources. Look at the sources. This one Harvard study showed, it, it, was, it, it was done uh, partly in Houston, he said the city that spent the, uh, where they, they, they did their um, study, mostly, he found that blacks were 20% less likely to be shot by cops than whites because the police are so sensitive to this issue that mm-hmm. they actually put their own lives in danger. So do you think, and look I'm at, not... Look, look at the sources. I'll, um... I have... I'd have to I'd have to go back and do some and do a little bit more research on where they're where exactly they're coming from. There's there's a lot of this stuff going around, but uh, and not asking rhetorically. But do you do you honestly believe that police brutality in general, regardless of who it might be happening to, do you think that police brutality is a problem? Of course, it's a problem. Of course, it's a problem. 
problem. It is a discussion that we should have. Not one person, not one person, whether you're black, brown, Indian, Mexican, I don't care. Not one person should ever uh, have, 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 have police brutality, okay? Yeah. Ever. They should never experience it. And every policeman that has ever been, and this is the, the police camera situation and all of these things, uh, you know, listen, human beings, human beings are, are um, fallible, right? We're, mm-hmm. not, we're not robocops, you know, we're not robots, right? Police aren't, aren't programmed. So you're going to have some bad players that are out there. Mm-hmm. And you have bad politicians, you have bad priests, you have bad football players and elevators. You have bad people in every demographic and every group. But are the numbers significant enough where this is a rampant tidal wave of police brutality that the inner cities are being taken over by white racist cops that are coming in with billy clubs like they did, you know, in, 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 uh, in Jim Crow days? No. Again, studies are showing that, that this, is, this is a red herring. You know, the, the, the entire Ferguson movement started from hands up, don't shoot. That never happened. And you know this now. I'm sure you've read the reports. Michael Brown w- was not innocent. He never put his hands up in the air and said, don't shoot. Okay? Yet the, 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 the social justice warriors, and there's many Caucasians within these groups as well. I'm not going to say that they're just African Americans in these groups, but people that, that support uh, you know, uh, uh, the fight against police brutality from, from all demographics. When they're walking down the street and they're saying, hands up, don't shoot, that is a lie. They're, now, they're misinformed. I'm not saying there's malintent. They're misinformed. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we have so much, and I hate to use this term because it's so politicized today, who, who brought it up, there's so much fake news today People see something on Facebook or Twitter, and they immediately believe that it's true. And this is one of those myths, these urban legend myths, that are just that, untrue. Right. Now, now I, I, I wouldn't go that far. And the reason why I say that is because state of New York, New York City, not too long ago, this was... This was actually 2016, not too long after um, not too long after Trump won the election. New York City had to pay out around I believe it was around 17 million dollars for basic for for false arrests. They had over 900 during the period it was it was a period of a few years, but they had over 900,000 false arrests. And when I say false arrests, I'm talking about people being locked up, thrown in thrown in jail for literally hold, no hold reason. On, hold on, I'm sorry. Did you did you just say 900,000 false arrests? It was 900,000 false arrests. Like I said, it was over the course of a few, it was over the course of several years. It wasn't like an overnight thing, but there are over 900,000 false arrests. You can actually find, you can actually find the court documents from the lawsuit where it states this. So, and that's in one okay. city. So that's why I, I I don't know if I can I don't know if I can side with you on the fact where you're saying that this doesn't happen because it it is happening um, in certain in certain cities it is the reality for certain people um, like I said that's that's one this is a, this is one city where 17 million taxpayer dollars are going out because police and it's not white police it's one of the main perpetrators of this was a black police officer I mean I'm not sure me personally I don't care who it is if I don't care what color the police officer is. I don't care what color the person that's victimized. But this is something that was going on. You have story after story, and like I said, I'm and I'm and you can find the court documents if it's something you want to look into further. I could even send them to you. But these are police officers going into people's houses and just arresting them for literally for no reason, or because they wanted them to sign a witness witness statement for somebody else that they didn't know. So they could get someone else locked up in jail of uh, the Khalif Browder story that was just on um, that they just did on Spike TV. It was a five part series. Kid goes to jail for three years in solitary confinement in Rikers Island as a teenager over a backpack that he never stole. When the witness that the police had changed his story multiple times and then flew to another country and they kept the kid in jail for three years, he ended up killing himself. So. This stuff does happen. It is a reality for certain people. And I think when 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 you see Black Lives Matter folks, um, the 
And I mean, and like you said, there's bad people in every circle. There's bad police officers. There's folks that attach themselves to Black Lives Matter that speak nonsense. But the but over but the main the purpose of the movement is that this is a reality for certain people. And I don't think having a conversation about it or doing something about the bad police that are out there is something that anybody should be against. I feel like we spend so much time trying to just act like it doesn't exist. Where even if we do acknowledge that it does exist, how does that hurt anybody? It would only help people if we expose that. First of all, I'm not I'm not familiar with the study that you're talking about, and I would like to read that and and learn more about it. Nine hundred thousand sounds like a really really high number. I'm not suggesting that that's not true. I want to learn more about that and how the 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 data was gathered. Uh, The 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 the, the data that I am familiar with, and this isn't some right wing or left wing publication. Uh, I've got something here from the Washington Post, okay. and it shows that 50% of the victims of fatal police shootings were white, 26% were black, majority of those victims had a gun or were armed or otherwise threatening the officer with potential lethal force. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the fact is, is that, uh, it, 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 again, you're going to have bad players, you're going to have bad cops, you're going to have, just as you have bad you, you know, again, it, it's pick, pick a demographic. You have bad corporate leaders. You have whatever it may be. There's going to be uh, a certain number of uh, situations that occur. But the, the, the fact is, is that you can't take, okay, it's like I, I just wrote an article about Harvey Weinstein, mm-hmm. right? And somebody said that, that, that as a white Jewish male, Harvey uh, Weinstein embarrasses, embarrasses white Jewish males and Democrats, of which I'm not one, but but. but and I wrote the article. I said, I'm not embarrassed by Harvey Weinstein. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm a male and I'm a Jew, but he doesn't represent me. He mm-hmm. doesn't represent me. Well, because I was born a male and because I happen to be Jewish, because he happens to be the same demographic as me, that he that he represents who I am, I'm not, I don't belong to his group. That's the problem we have today with, with, with identity politics. And I know I'm, I'm shifting over a little bit here, but it, it's all part of it. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know the, the, the fact is is that uh, um, you know uh, what, what, uh, Philando Castile, right? The, yes. He was shot. Okay, mm-hmm. and that that brought up uproar among leftists because they they felt that it, it fueled the narrative that racist white police officers were hunting down innocent black men. Okay, but the, the fact is is that he doesn't represent a demographic any more than that Harvey Weinstein represents me. Mm-hmm. Right. The fact is, is that police officers across the board in this and, and, and going back to the um, let me just bring this up here. Uh, this is another one. Wall Street Journal showed that the Bureau of Justice revealed that blacks were charged with 62 percent of robberies, 57 percent of murders and 45 percent of assaults in the 75 biggest counties in the country despite only compromising roughly 15% of the population in these counties. If you are a police officer, you're going to go where the crime is, right? Mm -hmm. If you're a firefighter, you're going to go where the fire is to put it out. Well, if the crimes are happening in certain urban centers, which are made up primarily by Mm African-Americans, that's where these these arrests are going to happen. And then you throw in a few, a handful of situations over the course of, 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 of a period of time, and you say nine hundred thousand. I need to, I need to see where that is. Okay, but, but, but there's a concentration of criminal violence in minority communities, and that means that those officers will be confronting armed and sometimes resisting suspects in those communities. So you know what? Police officers have families. They have children in school. They have a wife to go home to or a husband to go home to. They're going to protect themselves. And if somebody brings up a gun, they're going to get shot. And they just happen to be black? That's not racist. It's just a discussion that needs to be had. It's, I mean, I, now here's, here's where I think the, the disconnect, or I think where it's, it's misleading is I don't think anyone, I don't think any reasonable person, let me put it this way. I don't think any reasonable person is upset that a that a that a criminal is getting arrested or that a guy with a gun or that wasn't complying or that, you know, might have threatened a police officer. I don't think I don't think anyone's fighting for those guys. If 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 two black men in Chicago, like you were saying, if two black men in Chicago 
get into an altercation. One of them kills the other one. When they catch him, when they catch the guy that did it, he's going to jail. The issue is, and this is where the this is where the the conversation needs to start, in my opinion, is when you see a police officer do the same thing. Walter Scott, perfect example, in South Carolina near me, because I'm in I'm in Charlotte right now. Walter Scott was running. He was he didn't have a gun. He didn't have anything. Should he have ran? Probably not. Did he deserve nine bullets in the back? He didn't deserve that either. So but nothing happened to those officers. So the fact is, when you bring up black on black crime, yes, it is. It is terrible. And there are active. There are plenty of activist groups in Chicago uh, that are that are working towards it. There's but just like so you, much of you, it. You or I were not there. You or I were not at the scene of, 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 of the shooting. We were not in the courtroom to look over the evidence. We're looking at it through the eyes of people that are reporting on it. And you have to then ask yourself, who? listen, nobody wants any bad cops on the streets. Nobody. It's not good for police officers. It's not good for the community. It's not good for the, the reputation of, of, of the entire industry of law enforcement. Nobody. You find a black, uh, a, 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 a black that was uh, an African American that was shot for, for erroneous reasons, maybe racist reasons, that cop needs to go away. He needs to go away for the rest of his life. And you know what happens to bad cops in jail? And I wish that upon him. Nobody wants that. So what police officers are doing and what, and, and, and what police unions are doing around the country is they are very much on guard to ensure that the, you know, the diversity within the police departments are an all-time high, full, much more representative of the community uh, itself. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the statistical numbers within uh, the diversity of, of Los Angeles P- Police Department, New York Police Department, Chicago PD, you know, the, the numbers of African-Americans, Latinos are much higher than the actual percentage in the population. Okay? So, so they really are focused on this, but it, it goes back to the, uh, quite frankly, and, and, and this goes back to your initial point, right? Mm-hmm. That the statistics that you need to know about cops killing blacks if you, if you go down into the statistics, 12% of white and Hispanic homicide, homicide deaths were due to police officers. 12% of white and Hispanic homicide deaths were due to police officers, while only 4% of black homicide deaths were the result of police officers. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, a, a lady who reports this, her name is Heather McDonald. I've seen her speak before. She says, if we're going to have a quote-unquote lives matter anti-police movement, it would be more appropriately named white and Hispanic lives matter. Mm-hmm. We need to be honest here. We need to have an honest discussion. And people like Colin Kaepernick, who has millions of people in his audience now because he's used the NFL He's, he's used his place in the NFL initially as a player, now sidelined, but he's got a movement under him. If, if, if we're going to follow what it is that he's standing up for, kneeling down for, i got to say that at least we should be specifically uh, factually focused. We should know what the numbers are instead of, you know, the social media. And, and because people are so angry today, we're so divided. Mm-hmm. This doesn't help. This doesn't help, and I I, 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 uh, I continue to say this, and listen, I'm the first person to stand up there and say, bad cop needs to go away. Bad cop, I wasn't there when that guy was shot, when, 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 when the guy was running in North Carolina, okay? I don't know what happened other than what I saw in the news. I don't know whether or not the video was uh, doctored. I don't know if there was 20 seconds before on the video that I didn't see. I wasn't there, but a jury and a judge saw all the evidence, and they decided that for whatever reason, they felt that he was justified. I don't know. You don't know. We weren't there. But if he was, if he wasn't justified in doing what he does uh, or did, throw away the key, man. He doesn't deserve to be on our streets protecting us. Anybody doesn't deserve to be on our streets protecting us if that's what they do. But we have a system that, 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 that allows us to filter out these bad players. There is no mass uh, uh, racial uh, incentive uh, uh, for, 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 for white cops to be killing blacks. It doesn't exist. There are blacks that are killed by cops. 
There are more Hispanics killed by cops, and there are more whites killed by cops. That's FBI data, right? Right. So you know, let's 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 be realistic here. You know, this Ferguson effect. It was really damaging to this country. It really was damaging to this country because it was all based upon a fraudulent lie. Hands up, don't shoot. That didn't happen. It didn't happen. Well, like you're saying... And people may be listening to this, maybe hearing that for the first time. I don't know. Well, like you're saying, neither of us were there, so we don't necessarily know what happened. There wasn't any video. Unlike with Walter Scott, which was on... You, there was at least two minutes... It was about a minute, minute and a half, two minutes of uncut footage. I mean, again, you, it's impossible. Don't, I'm not sure exactly how much of a scope we need here, but... Um, Mike, Mike Brown's we situation. The, what I'm saying is we weren't in the courtroom. We didn't right. look at all the evidence. We only saw what we saw on social media and in the news. We weren't there. You know, listen, I, I'm, I, uh, um, I was in uh, Los Angeles in 1992. Rodney King, I don't know how old you are, but I don't know if you remember this. Okay. In 1992, I, I, just, I had just graduated college. And uh, Rodney King, that, uh, the, you know, the uh, gentleman that was uh, beaten up by five cops, um, and it, it led to the, the L.A. riots, mm-hmm. okay? It was right. one of the darkest memories that I have in my almost 50 years, mm-hmm. okay? What happened was that those five cops, they were tried out in an area of Southern California called Simi Valley, where a lot of cops live, right? Mm-hmm. And they were found innocent, Okay, it led to basically inner city L.A. burning itself to the ground. And it was scary. I saw plumes of smoke. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and people were genuinely just petrified. Uh, it was it was really a horrific, horrific moment. Now, at that time, nobody could believe that those cops were found innocent. You have to remember, we didn't have uh, body cams. We didn't have the Internet. We have dashboard cams we didn't have uh, barely we even had dna situation we had some grainy vhs footage from some guy recording it at nighttime from his apartment building and and from that that they assumed that uh um uh, what was his name um king rodney king yes right mm-hmm. rodney king was, was 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 he deserved what he got nobody deserves that i'm sorry I mean, that's the stuff that you saw in, like, you know, with, with you know, the Nazis and, the you know, uh, the German shepherds in World War II. It was horrific. And everybody was stunned that these guys were found innocent based upon some, uh, you know, uh, footage, okay, that was, was grainy footage. And it led to the riot. Now, those cops were eventually found guilty. They were put through trial again, and they were found guilty. This, you know, what, what happened is that you have this, this narrative that stems from episodes like that, that led to the riots, that have been passed down for generations now, because that's, what, 25 years ago now, and people are led to believe that this is a normal common occurrence. The reason that it, it led to the riots, and the reason that it was on our news every single night for, for two years during the court trials and everything else is because it is so rare it is so. It, it, this is not an everyday occurrence. It's not an every month occurrence. This doesn't happen. And when it does, society will say, "Yeah, no, we're not going to put up with this. Those cops need to go away." And that's exactly what happened. Unfortunately, those stories have been passed down. And the idea that this is now some kind of a uh, an epidemic across the urban cities across America—that this happens on a daily basis—is is a lie. It just doesn't happen. And when it does, those cops do go away. I think that you just we, we need to we need to separate politics from social issues. I really do. I, I, I love sports. You do too. Yes, right? absolutely, I do. Let me let, let let me enjoy my Sunday without me having to have this uh, this 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 frustration of okay, you know, people people that feel the way that I do think, yeah, but it, you know, everything that I just said to you. Those statistics prove otherwise, Kaepernick. And people, you know, are, are buying this just like they bought hands up, don't shoot. It's a false narrative. And meanwhile, it's dividing us. I, I mean, again, my youngest, my oldest son, I should say, we're having these arguments. 
I just want to watch Big Ben throw a couple down to the end zone, man. I just want to enjoy my Sunday. Why are we having these art, you know, and, and, and I understand the point. Maybe this is the place. Maybe this is the only way to have these discussions. Let's have discussions over something that is real. Let's have a discussion over, you know, uh, you know the, the, the real issues of the day. Why our health insurance rates are going through the roof, okay? Uh, you know, uh, why, you know, what's happening right now with, with uh, uh, the identity politics of the day that is separating us as human beings from each other? You know, what's happening with, with politics and the election and tax revenue and, and, and uh, you know, local issues? Let's talk about, let's have those discussions. You know, if we're going to have a serious discussion that's going to interject into our into our sport Sunday, uh, let's let it at least be based upon something that isn't fraudulent. That's genuine. That's my opinion. Okay, I'm with you. I mean, and, and I know a lot of people would disagree with that. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, I I completely I completely respect that. I think I think what it do, and there's a lot more I could say, but I know you got a schedule to uh, deal with, so I want to try to wrap this up so I'm not keeping you too long. But um, I think. I think the I think what kind of what I was going back to before is it's we we use the term it's not real it is it's real for people now Kaepernick has not dealt with it himself and he's I feel like he made that clear but it is a reality for a lot of people like I said if you're in one of these cities where a lot of these arrests are going on and it's not and it may not be either be reported or it's not public knowledge or whatever it is it is something that's real for a lot of people and for, I think for those that it isn't a reality for, or for those that just don't see it, then I think that's what Colin Kaepernick was trying, was attempting to do. Now it looks like it's, it's kind of just been lost, but I think what he was attempting to do was to bring attention to those folks that don't have a voice and aren't able to get their story out there. And, and it seems like it's just being met with a lot of rejection. Um, but um, one last question and then I'll let you go. Do we do you believe if Colin Kaepernick say hypothetically speaking he he protested in the exact same way but his issue was veterans cuz fact of the matter is we do have a lot of veterans that come home they serve their country for however many years they come home they can't they can't get housing they can't get food they're out on the streets begging and nobody seems to care if, say, Colin Kaepernick took a stance and said, you know what, I'm taking a knee for all these veterans that we're not taking care of, and I want to make sure that we're not ignoring our military and we're respecting our veterans, do you think he would have been met with the same um, the same venom or the same, uh, the same anger that he's getting for standing against police brutality? Let me answer it this way, and I don't mean to divert your question, but, but any issue, right, that Colin Kaepernick could have stood up for and said, I'm taking a knee, whether it's veterans, and, and there's certainly been a lot of major problems in the past uh, number of years with the Veterans Administration and, and the, you know, the medical uh, uh, support that uh, our soldiers receive when they come home. Or, you know what, let's talk about inner city education, okay, that leads to a lot of the crime that we are talking about to begin with. Why is there such a disparity between the public education that people receive in the suburbs and the education that people receive in the city centers? All right, mm -hmm. let's have that discussion. Why did the teachers union uh, uh, prevent uh, school choice from taking place, where people are trapped in bad schools? And we all know that the lousy teachers get assigned to the urban schools. They wanna go and teach out in the suburbs. Mm -hmm. So you have this vicious cycle of, of uneducated individuals. You have uh, generations of welfare recipients that only understand receiving government handouts, okay? Not taught a trade or a skill or are educated because the money doesn't go into the urban centers for education. You know what? If, if Colin Kaepernick stood up and he said, these are the issues, you know, everything that, that, that I'm talking about leads to black-on-black -black crime, to criminals, to police brutality, if that's an issue, it all stems where the fathers in the homes in the inner city. Mm -hmm. Okay? These are, you know, I, I'm standing up here to suggest that fathers, you know, baby mama shouldn't be a term. It shouldn't be a socially acceptable term that we laugh at. 
You need a father. Kids need fathers in the homes. I'm sorry. Even if you're not married, the father should still be present. If that prevents crime, that raises children, uh, gives them a sense of, of, uh, of, of, of morals and values and, and, and uh, motivates them to want to better their lives and become educated or work hard. Okay, that is not existing. So all of that doesn't, it isn't, isn't a discussion. You know, we're, we're talking about a result. We're not talking about the problem. We're talking about a symptom. We're not talking about the disease. If Colin Kaepernick stood up or he took a knee and he said, I want to talk about the disease, not the symptom, I would stand up and I would applaud. Mm-hmm. So it's so it's, so you're so you're saying it's more about so you feel like his his stance wasn't he you feel like he wasn't necessarily going for the root of the problem just a you feel like he was kind of feel like he was kind of missing what the root of the issue is. I it goes back to what I said to you before the issue is fraudulent. If you look at all of the FBI statistics, the Harvard studies, the Washington Post uh, reports that have come out, those the, the issue of Black Lives Matter, and I've met with Black Lives Matter, I've talked with them, I've gone to, I, I'm, I'm very politically involved, if you see my stuff, right? Oh yeah, and no, you I've, I've had a lot of discussions with people, and you know, and it's very civil discussions. We have discussions like you and I are having right now. Okay, but the, 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 the fact is, is that it's based upon fraud. It's 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 emotional. It's, it's neat and it's clean to be able to sell on social media, but it talks about a symptom which represents a very, very, very small minority of cases on, 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 on the quote-unquote police brutality is being sold as an epidemic, and it isn't. It isn't. Uh, it, it, it's, it, it, it's, you know, let's talk about the disease Let's talk about why there are so many kids shooting each other in Chicago and Baltimore and St. Louis every week. Why isn't that reported, Mike? Why don't we have that as, as the lead, except on, on local news? Why isn't that discussed? It, why, why, why do we accept that as a society? I don't, want, I don't want young black kids shooting each other on the streets. Many of those kids can go on to college. They become engineers and doctors and lawyers and astronauts and you name it. We, we're killing our children here. And nobody wants to talk about it because it's politically incorrect. But what we can talk about is racism. We can talk about it because it's divisive and it's going to get clicks and it's going to get, uh, it's going to get advertisers because the ratings are going to go through the roof when there's a riot. The, the, the media is much to blame as anybody on this. They should be talking about the real issues, and let's educate everybody on what is really going on in the streets. Why are the fathers not in the homes? Why is there no education in the inner city schools? Why, why did the teachers' unions allow for that to happen? Why, why is Detroit, St. Louis, Chicago, Baltimore, Cleveland, they've all been run, and I, I, I don't want to get too political here, but for generations... These Democrats have been voted in year after year after year after year after year after year. Take a look at Detroit. Take a look at Baltimore. What's happening in those inner cities? And they keep voting these people in that are sponsored by the teachers' unions, and they're giving us red herrings and diversions like police brutality. It's ridiculous. And somebody needs to stand up and say something, which is what I'm doing. Right. Yes, <laughs> not are. enough people are. And I, I think, I think you, you touched on a point that I really do agree with, which is the media. I, w- I studied media in, in college. Um, I, st- I, w- I was a broadcast and journalism ma- major, uh, which what I graduated. So if anybody understands exactly how much pull the media has, I feel like I have a, an appreciation for it and a um, awareness of it that a lot of people just don't have. But I absolutely agree with you there. The media does kind of. The media can 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 make anything a problem, whether it is or it is not. And I think what one reason that we have so much um, divide is because people don't do their own research. People turn on whatever they see on television and whatever the guys over on Fox or CNN or whatever they're watching is telling them to be upset about is what they think the issue is. And people just don't get out and do their own research. They don't talk to folks. They don't do like what we're doing. They don't talk to anybody that has experienced different things with them and try to come to an understanding. And what I find from a lot of my conservative friends is their interest in 
their interest in Chicago violence or black on black violence isn't rooted in the fact that they actually care about black people. It's because their only interest is to silence the police brutality as if both things can't be an issue as if we can't talk about both. We can talk about police brutality, but you know, we can also talk about black on black violence. But what a lot of my friends end up doing is bringing it up as just a deflection tactic. Same thing with, um, I don't know if you've seen, um, the me too hashtag on, uh, on social media now where women are speaking out about their, um, speaking out about yes, their, the assault, the assault charges. Assault. There's a guy that made a men too hashtag. And like, let's talk about, you know, let's talk about these boys that are being sexually assaulted. And it's, and, and the, the vibe that I got from that is you're not, you're just trying to hijack a conversation about women. It's not that I don't think that boys being sexually assaulted doesn't happen because it absolutely does. But when you put up a hashtag called men too, that's clearly you just trying to, to yeah, use, yeah, you're, you're just trolling and throwing this out there and pretending that you care about these boys. And really you just want to shut up these women. And that's what I get. And that's the vibe yeah, that I get. I, can I, can I, I don't mean to interject real quickly because I agree with everything you're talking about. And, and the media, one of the biggest problems we have is as a diversion in our country, and it splits us. You know, we we we're, we haven't always been a civil union, but we are the most uncivil union we've ever been. And a lot of that has to do with what television shows you're watching these days. But I, I do want to address one thing that you just said. A lot of people that when they talk about black on black crime in Chicago or Baltimore as an answer to police brutality, I don't think it's 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 to change the subject or in any way to to, to negate police brutality. It goes back to what I was talking about here, and that is the larger issue. It is a larger issue. Why should 60 or 70 young, 15, 16, 17-year-old, mostly African-American males be shooting at each other every single weekend in these cities? Mm-hmm. How is that possible? It's like freaking uh, Baghdad, Iraq. Why do we accept that to society? Yes, there are a few bad apples that are out there in the police force, and, 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 and they will be put away in jail as they should. The numbers are insignificant. Why are we not discussing what is happening in Chicago? Why? It's not a diversionary tactic. It's the larger problem. That is the cancer. The cancer. Everybody wants to talk about the fact that, oh, you know, uh, uh, so-and-so is feeling really, really sick because of the chemotherapy he's taking. Uh, you know, maybe we can try and fix that. No, go in and cut out the cancer. It will solve everything. It goes back to what I was saying to you before. We've got to talk about education. We've got to talk about fathers in the homes or not in the homes. We have to talk about raising children with values. And a lot of people in the inner city do do this. They try to do this. And I've got some fantastic, and I hate to say it this way because it's so cliche, but I've got some wonderful African-American friends that agree with me on this side. They lean to the left side of the, of the political uh, debate, but they agree that this needs to be discussed. This is the issue of our time. You know, it's, geno- it's, it, it's genocide what is happening in the inner cities. And I don't say that not because I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to negate a discussion on police brutality. I say that because I genuinely believe that we're committing genocide on our African-American youth. Mm-hmm. It, it's disgusting. And this isn't this, you know, you've had an African-American in the White House for eight years. The, the, the crime statistics only went through the roof. So this isn't about leadership. This is about people in the community themselves. It's about not trusting that government is going to solve the problem for you, but private free market enterprise, your local churches, your synagogues, your, your, your priests and your pastors and your bishops and your local community leaders. Those are the folks, good teachers, and most importantly, parents. We need to put this on them. We can't rely on government. Look at what happened to Detroit over the past 50 years. Look what's happened in St. Louis and Cleveland and small towns all across the country. They're all run by Democrats. They keep voting these people in. Democrats stand for big government. Big government can't help. It's on the community. And we have to, we, it, it, it's not a diversionary tactic, Mike, to talk about, uh, you know, uh, you know the, the, the bigger picture here. We need to discuss the cancer. Otherwise, you're going to find this is just going to continue. And you're going to get 
uh, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, race hucksters like Al Sharpton out there that's going to jimmy up everybody's emotion and anger in the streets over something that's fraudulent. Mm. It's a fraudulent argument. All right. That's my opinion. I, I no, <laughs> I'm. What it's worth. I like I said, I really, I really do. I really do appreciate your your viewpoint on that because I can I can tell when you when you speak that you know you actually you actually do have a genuine vested interest in making making the country better as a whole and that's and that's what makes politics so crazy to me is you know left right wherever we stand we get so caught up in whether a guy's a Democrat or Republican that we don't we want the same thing, right? We have different philosophies on how to get there, but we all want the same stuff in the end. But um like I said, I know you you said you had somewhere you had to be at three o'clock your time. Don't want to hold you up. Um and also I had some stuff I had to get to as well. But Dave, I really would love to do maybe some other episodes with you. Maybe not even political related. Maybe if the Steelers go to the Super Bowl, we'll talk about it. North, baby. Let's see them. Uh, they got to get through uh, New England. New England looks really good this year again. They, so, look, they look good against Kansas City, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who thought, right? They went into their own home and they uh, they took them out. A five and team. That was exciting to watch. That was insane. So, and that's what. Uh, and at the end of the day, that's what we love about football, for sure. It brings us together. All right, my friend. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me on, Mike. No, thank you, Dave. Have a good one. All right. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, guys. Well, I'm sorry that that ran a little long, um, but I really felt like that this was a uh, discussion that needed to be had uh, and one that we really, I really wanted to do this because um, this is probably one of the few times you'll see me, you know, bring out any any like real personal stuff but uh in 2014 uh I was arrested for I was arrested for DUI in 2014 it's yeah behind me now it was a long time ago paid for it uh learned my lesson but what I see when it comes to police brutality is god forbid that night what if something had happened to me? The thing that I can't get out of my head is what if something had happened to me that night? Officer that pulled me over was perfectly fine. He was a he was a good police police officer, as I believe most are. But that what if I see myself in that situation and then I see these other guys, you know, I, I see the Tamir Rices, I see the Philando Castiles, I see the Walter Scotts, and I think what makes my situation any different than theirs? These these were guys, a lot of these guys were, you know, just regular, everyday, unarmed black males just like myself. So it does hit home for me when I see stuff like that. And the reason, but the one thing I, I refuse to do is to one, not talk. I, I, the one thing I refuse to do is to not talk about it um, because that's just something I... I look at myself, I look at the fact that I'm going to be a parent someday. Um, you know, what if I have a black son that's gonna ha- that, that I bring into this world? You know, when my kids are older, what are they going to... When, when one, you got just got to realize, one day we're going to all be... People my age, some of us are, y'all are already there, but one day, you know, if you're my age, we're going to be... We're going to have kids. They're going to be old enough. They're going to be looking back on a lot of this stuff that's going on now. And they'll turn to you and say, Mom, Dad, you know, what were you doing when this happened? Or what was your stance when this happened? And I want to be able to tell my kids, you know, I was completely against it. I spoke out. I had a lot to say about it. And I was not going to just allow it to just keep going on and not have me not say anything. And and the reason why I do want to have discussions like the one you guys just heard is because you you really can't start the healing process by just talking to people that agree with you. You can't talk to people that think one way or, or see things one particular way. Nothing gets done that way. And like I was saying at the end, we get so caught up in 
Did you vote for Trump? Are you conservative? Are you liberal? How do you feel about abortion? And when, when at the end of the day, we're all most most of us are good people. We want to be able to make money, take care of our kids, be able to go to a doctor and not have a bill that's through the roof, and go about our lives and take vacation, and go to Disney World and crap like that. That's what all of us want. I mean, that's a very oversimplified way to put it. But at the end of the day. We all we just have different philosoph- different philosophies on how to get to the same goal, and I think we lose sight of that a lot of the times. And I'm one of the worst people at this, but I really want to encourage folks to either not take everything you see on social media to heart, or or make sure as much talking as you're doing online in comments sections. Make sure that you're having real you're having real discussions with people. This kind of stuff that we're talking about now, it you'll never get your point across. I don't care how many comments you leave, I don't care how many people you tag in it, you'll never get your you'll never get your point across online. You do have to you do have to actually get back to talking to people the old fashioned way, letting them know where you're coming from and and let people and because I think we just forget. I honestly do. I honestly do think that we forget that a lot of us do care, and we have, like I said, some of us are very outspoken, and we come across certain ways online. And then when you when you actually talk to people, you realize, hey, there's no reason for us to all hate each other this much. You know, maybe some people, and I'm not, and I'm, and I'm not, and I'm not saying that there are some, there aren't some people out there that do have legitimate just hatred for no reason for minorities or women or other people or whoever it is. But, you know, I think we need to just remember, I think it's very important to just remember that at the end of the day, the only way that we're going to get through this stuff is by trying to, by, by communicating and taking action and actually acknowledging other people's that other people have different experiences and struggles other than our own. So again, I apologize if this ran a little bit long. I, I hope was, I, was, I was able to, we were able to keep you guys engaged. Uh, again, that was Dave Sussman that I had joining me today. Uh, you can find his content. Uh, he's a contributor for Ricochet and for whiskeypolitics.net. Uh, you can definitely go check him out. And, and obviously, as you guys always know, you know where to find me if you have any comments or questions or concerns. But again, appreciate all you guys listening. You, This has been another episode of the Mind of Mike J podcast. New episodes every week. And I look forward to hearing from you all. Until then, I'm signing off.